your host over here, Bruna, and I got a special invitation for you. Join me and the Changemakers in the No More Boxes movement, where we are raising awareness towards this limiting and isolating behavior that we human beings are constantly doing, placing ourselves and others into boxes, invisible boxes that so often are not really serving humankind. All you have to do is to go to patreon.com forward slash no more boxes and for as little as $3 a month, you can become a change maker and be with us on that journey, changing the world. Now let's get on with that podcast. You're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast, where we share tips, insight, tools, and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Darling, darling, darling listeners, for the Changemakers podcast, Daruna here again, yet with another guest. This time, we're talking to Stephanie Kravens. I just learned how to say her last name. <laughs> I just learned to say that it should be, it's not, it's not Evans, it's Kravens. I love that. Just to tell you a little bit about Stephanie, she is definitely a person to go to when it comes to working with your team when it comes to creating alliances within your team and how to really handle the troublemakers within your team. I mean, <laughs> if you're a leader, who doesn't need some sort of a guidance how to deal with them <laughs> if they're out there in your organization? Anyway, Stephanie was so kind to accept my invitation to become our guest and share some of the tips that uh, she's using in her practice so that people, overall humans, can become the change that they want to see in their world. So, Stephanie, welcome to the Changemakers podcast. So, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. What a privilege to be here. I'm so excited. So are we. I want to dig instantly, directly, no question, no pause. I'm just going to go right into the question. <laughs> Why is it important for organization to embrace their troublemakers? Oh, I love it. Let me first, let me answer this question by clarifying a couple of things real quick. So okay. we have troublemakers in our organization, and these are the devil's advocates, the ones who are more pessimistic, the ones who they walk into the room, you're like, oh God, they're here again. But there's a little bit of truth to what there's oftentimes truth in what they're saying. And so really my work is to help organizations embrace their professional troublemakers and help troublemakers become professional troublemakers. And the difference I see there is professional troublemakers are optimistic. They're mission focused. They're curious. They ask great questions. They bring positive energy. And so I use that word on purpose for intrigue, but really the invitation is to become a professional troublemaker and for our leaders to help troublemakers, those pains in your asses, become beautiful gifts to your organization who are contributing to the mission, but in an open kind of way versus that negative shutdown conversation kind of way. Exactly. 
I love that title, being in personal branding. So what do you do? I'm a professional troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, that's another, it's another thing, another type of a change maker. And it's funny when you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, why do I think about troublemakers as being something negative? It actually is someone who is stirring things up or that's allowing right. us not to be on that same path that might not even be serving us anymore. Oh, that's right. You know, our troublemakers and our professional troublemakers are pushing the boundaries. They're yeah. inviting us to think differently, to see from a new perspective. Yeah. And so those folks that are on the opposite side of that, they have to be willing to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds to me that professional troublemakers are often the people that wake us up mm-hmm. in one way or another. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So with the work that you're doing, Stephanie, I mean, what brought you to this place? Tell us a little bit about you. And somehow I have the feeling that you are a professional troublemaker yourself. So tell us, tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> am I wrong? Did I put you into a wrong box there? I might. I don't know. But uh, if I did, I apologize. But I somehow feel like you have done something that is uh, out of this box. Yes, I certainly use my coaching practice now to help professional troublemakers show up in a more impactful way, learning from my mistakes. But how I got here is really just this beautiful series of events. So not to go back too far, but I want to go back to my childhood where I was five years old and I grew up in poverty and dysfunction and chaos. And I've known since I was five years old, I don't belong here. I don't fit in. I used to tell people I was adopted except I look like my mother's twin, so I could never really get away from it. I could never get away with it. But so growing up, you know, in the environment that I did, and then as I transitioned into adulthood, I have a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree. I worked for a nonprofit. Then I worked for an HR consulting company. And then I worked for a national nonprofit before going out on my own as a coach. And now I live this wonderful, beautiful, healthy life with an amazing husband, an amazing business. And as I've transitioned from where I was when I was five to where I'm at now in my late 30s, I've become the bridge between so many different worlds that I've seen. And so entering the workforce, I didn't know that there were things you were not supposed to say in staff meetings. You know, I'm the, I'm the person in a staff meeting that says what everybody is thinking and no one's willing to say out loud. <laughs> I'm the person that pushes back on leadership that says, what you're presenting me with isn't fully fleshed out. Now, I would never say it in that way, right? But you're presented an idea from your leadership team and you're like, this makes no sense. Like, why are we going in this direction? You haven't asked for any of our input and now you're just unrolling this thing that isn't logical. Like, help me understand how I can connect to that. And I felt like I never really had leaders who did that very well. But on the same side of that, or at the same time as that, I was that employee that appeared to be pushing back on everything because I'm curious, because I ask questions. I didn't realize till later in my career that that was perceived as pushing back as being too nosy into what leadership was doing. I didn't understand that perception that I was creating when I thought I'm just a curious person. I want to understand and I want to invest in what you're asking me to to do so that I can do it to my fullest potential, not just take your order and go implement it. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a lot of aha moments down the road for yourself. Absolutely. You know, the reason I found coaching in the way that I did is because I was 
I was working on this huge project at this national nonprofit and I was so angry and frustrated. I thought my soul was going to jump out of my body. It was so mad at me for taking on yet another project that I didn't want to do, but I did it because I wanted to contribute to the mission. I said yes because I wanted to do something really big and important for this organization. And the focus on big and important project, not me doing it, right? It's not the ego piece of it. It's we're all here to do something impactful in our career, and I wanted to do that. But yet I hadn't yet learned how to say yes to the things that were right for me and no to the things that weren't my work to do, which I think is a key component of being a professional troublemaker. You know what is your work to do. None of our work is to save the world, right? We're all here to do our piece of it. And so I went to go see a coach and I didn't know what a coach was, but I was like, I need help. Like, help me discern, help me understand why I'm in this place of frustration yet again in my career. And within three sessions, I was saying, I never want to work for a boss again. I want to start my own vision. I want to work on my own vision. And I want to go to coach training school so that I can best leverage my gifts, which is being honest and open and authentic and curious and saying the things that aren't supposed to be said out loud. And now people pay me money to do that. Exactly. How cool is that? Exactly. So in you today, you're helping people to make a difference, become a change maker. Mm -hmm. And by basically using your skills as a troublemaker, which is just perfect. I could see one of the things that you offered, and I thought it was really, I got curious when I saw that I need to know more. You have a special quiz called the hot mess quiz Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tell me about you know do i become a is that like on a scale of zero to ten how hot mess are you (laughs) (laughs) we we all have our hot messes right you know where this comes from is one of my gifts in this world is creating order out of chaos And it's a skill I learned when I was young, unfortunately, but now I can leverage it and turn it into something else. So on my LinkedIn profile, it says I fix hot messes and people just think that's the funniest thing ever. But people come to me at a point in their career where they're trying to advance or they're trying to take on a really big project or they're trying to manage their team in a new kind of way. And it just feels like this huge convoluted project that no one can make sense of. And so I help them pull apart the different pieces so that they can reorganize it in a way that makes sense to them, fits their values, helps them show up in a, in a productive and helpful way. But being a hot mess, when you first come to see me, when I first meet with people, it's really about, you know, I don't know myself anymore. I, I'm living by other people's expectations and not by my own. I don't know my values. I don't know who my tribe is anymore because I've changed and matured. And the people that I used to connect with, their message and their values don't resonate with mine anymore. And I don't know what my work is to do. And so that's what I call a hot mess. Yeah. That sounds like really the opposite of, you know, you you know, the yin and the yang. So it's really how you want to, how you choose to see it. Your hot mess could actually be your greatest gift. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the universe's way of bringing you frustration and intention. And you yeah. can choose to either numb yourself and avoid it, or you can choose to engage in it and step up to what the universe is asking you to do and work through it and grow in the process. It's yeah. not the easiest way, but nope. it's the best way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So 
you talk a lot about authenticity and mm -hmm. people being who they are and how important it is to embrace that however they come across. How do we, meaning then us human beings, how do we bring more humanity into the workplace? Mm. You know, one of the things that I've discovered in my work is that part of what I do is I help people talk to each other, not about each other. This notion in modern day culture that gossip and observation of other people's lives and work product is okay, is not okay. Mm. Too many professionals are not engaging in assertive conversation and direct conversation. And it's heartbreaking because what that is, is it's a form of separating ourselves from other people thinking, oh, they don't deserve to know the truth. They don't, they can't handle the truth because they're too sensitive and fragile. So I can't really help them understand how they're showing up in this world. And that really dehumanizes people because then we start judging them. We think they're weak or they're aggressive or they're combative and it just takes away our humanity. And instead we can approach people with this idea of, I don't have it all right. And I interpret your behaviors and your word choice through my own lens. Can we sit down and just talk about what our lenses are and how we view the world and just see what our commonalities are versus trying to divide ourselves in the workplace. It's re yeah. It really is heartbreaking, some of the conversations I have. Yeah, that really is aligned with what we are doing with the No More Boxes movement. It's mm -hmm. really about, you know, how we put ourselves and other people into boxes that are yes. dividing. And you're right. I mean, the moment that we do that, we are causing divisions and isolation and loneliness even. Yes. Uh, and that type of a conversation that you mentioned is, yeah, I mean, it's like, a, I kind of like to see it as the first level conversation where that it's even worse than that when I think about it, because it's one thing to talk about the weather and the second thing to talk about other people as they versus us. Yes. And that constant division where there is, there is so, so much more that connects us. Yeah, so I, I'm with you on that, Stephanie. Totally, totally, awesome. totally, totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And then one final question to you. As you are working with people in workplaces, what do you see as the, the key or like are there steps that they can take just to be aware that they might actually be in a place that is not really nurturing them or their team? Mm. Yeah, I'm asked this question a lot, and I think it's a really important one, right? Like, how do you know when this isn't your work to do, and this is not the place for you to do it, and this is not your tribe of people to do it with? Yeah. The first step is always self-awareness and being honest with yourself. So are, do you know what your values are? And if you do know what your values are, how do those overlap with the organizational values, or how, or how don't they? So that's one of your first clues. I think second is, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to stay in this and learn from it and grow from it and accept the frustration and the tension and the conflict that may emerge because of it? Then yet, if your answer is yes, then the, the answer is yes, this is your work and this is where you do it and this is who you do it with. Taking the easy path out is not always the right answer and that's different from flow right? So flow mm -hmm. is you're moving with where the universe takes you because that's where you're meant to be. 
that's different than taking the easy path. And I think when it comes to discerning easy path versus flow, it's purely intuitive. Only you know the real answer, and you can only know that answer if you're self-aware, if you take time to get to know yourself, and if you connect the head logic, the heart logic, and the intuitive knowledge logic that you have innately inside of you. When you align all three of those, the answer will become crystal clear. It, your body will tell you yes or no, stay in it, and how you need to grow and adapt in order to keep doing this work. Wow. Stephanie Kravens, thank you so much mm. for your beautiful insights. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me share this message with your listeners. And I hope I inspired folks to be a little extra sassy and a little professionally troublemaking Ooh, today. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And to our listeners, go to our show notes to find out more about Stephanie and how you can reach her and see more about little things about the sea searing that is not here in the episode, but will be in the show notes. That's it for me today. Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the change makers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your world.